Good, Melon. How about yourself, brother? Man, I've been, it's been good. I've been walking the streets of my hometown, Melbourne, here on uh, the southeast corner of uh, Australia, sort of over in your, uh, around where your Florida would be, I guess. Um, yeah. Catching up with brothers and, and mates. We had a big barbecue the other day with a whole bunch of guys that I met when I was nine. And we all sort of went to school together and uh, there was family and children. It was like... 10 little ones running around. You're looking around going, what has happened here? <laughs> there's been a, there's been an outbreak of little, uh, little Australians. <laughs> yeah. I saw, I saw some pictures with your mom having, having some lunch the other day with Michael and she looked like one happy lady. Yeah. Yeah. The Chinatown here in uh, the Chinese community is pretty strong. The Chinatown, the city of Melbourne is really nice. Uh, well known for uh, excellent sort of Hong Kong style uh, yum cha. So I went with an old friend of mine, Jacinta and her mum, and there was zero English used in the ordering of the food, and there was no references to menus, and it was she's a, a Chinese Australian, so her mum just sorted the whole thing out, and all the uh, the little uh, Chinese ladies were bringing the food, and uh, there was a whole table covered in uh, you know those bamboo containers that hold the the steamed dim sum and the prawn dumplings and all that. Do you guys get that into that kind of stuff? I love yum cha. So that dim sum stuff. I don't know if you guys have it. I don't know. I'm kind of a general so man myself. Right. <laughs> I have class. Right. Well, it was a lovely lunch. It was a lovely lunch with two grandmas and a couple of grandkids. And yeah, it was nice. Nice, man. Hey, Mike, Mike, Mike where, where do you get your general so? Is that the Panda Express? Is that where you class it up? Uh, only on proper occasion, uh, when I yes. want to get dressed up, you know, there's taco Tuesdays or there's Wuhan Wednesdays and I go get myself some general. So <laughs> come yeah. on, man. <laughs> general, general. So I'm assuming that this is some kind of quality fast food. Uh, it's, it's a very, uh, five-star style chicken, uh, melon. With, right? uh, yeah, it's glazed beautifully. They use paintbrushes or something like that to apply it. And there's some seeds in there. Um, healthy seeds, of course. Um, yeah. Watching out for my figure. But uh, you could pretty much eat as much General Tso's chicken and, ha and it'll have no effect on your on your body or your cholesterol. So it's good. Right. Somewhat similar to the Colonel? Uh, it, it's a long distant cousin uh, of the Colonel. So, yes. Right, right. right. And how about you Ethnic there, brother? What's been going on for you? Uh, I've been good, man. Um, just headed off to work, so I'm in transit. Um, same old, same old, dude. Just looking to get this uh, gig out of the way so I can be home and living it up back in Spokane. And uh, you at Liberty to tell us where you are now? Uh, I'm in the Middle East. Yeah, you're in quarantine now, right? Is that? Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. Yep, yeah, I just entered a couple days ago. Yeah, nice. And uh, so you're going to be getting into your prison workouts? Yeah. Um, yeah, we actually have a prison gym here, so uh, I haven't touched it, but I need to. Um, I've just been trying to get some semblance of a schedule. 
it's been yeah. kind of yeah it's just you know it's just weird the first couple of days because your body doesn't know what the hell it wants to do so i'm just trying to figure that out yeah but Time's like yeah cash. yeah yeah yeah. but i mean it's it's whatever looking forward to it i'll be flying a lot so uh looking forward to that so we're uh in in melbourne just like sort of right now they're having a, a little mini outbreak basically in the whole of australia there's no coronavirus effectively there's I had almost 90 days with no cases here in Melbourne and they just had a couple over the last couple of days. So the, the state premier, which is like the governor, is making uh, a decision sort of shortly about whether there'll be a little snap lockdown here or not. So I might be prison workouts and um, home delivery beer might be in my future, but uh, we'll still be having a good time. So if you can't connect the dots already, Raph said he's in transit. He definitely went through Melbourne uh spread the covid and then bounced over to what he calls the middle east but we know how good raf is with direction so he he could be in like northeast asia for all we know he, he i mean <laughs> missouri is the is the south as well and everything else so um yeah just connect the dots he he keeps that uh he keeps that puzzle going for sure maybe southeast yeah yeah exactly I'm just trying to keep people off my trail <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so, how long is your uh, your quarantine for period there, Raph? Is it seven or fourteen days? Uh, yeah, so they've actually reduced it to seven days now. Um, I think it's all based off CDC guidance or something like that. Um, and if you're vaccinated, I think you can. I think you just do like a couple days and then you move on to wherever you're going to go work. I I don't have a vaccine, so I got to do the full seven seven or eight days. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. seven's better than fourteen, man. Oh, yeah, a thousand percent, man. That's why I'm just, I'm not too bummed about it. I mean, it, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, good. And uh, are, you, are you able to, you said a gym, so there's some sort of access to, you don't just have to stay in your yeah, 11 by Well, 11. we actually, it's kind of cool. We, uh, so before I was always in a hotel by myself. On this one, we're actually in a compound, small, there's only a ton of us. Um, so we have a pretty good sized compound to ourselves. And so we can go inside and outside, but we're limited to, you know, where we could go, so to speak. So I, I have access to outside, which is a game changer. I mean, I think that was the biggest challenge for my, the previous quarantine was it was 14 days, like in a hotel where you literally didn't get to step outside. And that, that's probably the toughest part. It's not really just being in the hotel. It's just the fact that you were there 24 hours, you know, for those 14, 16 days, that was that was a challenge. That was a mental challenge. You're trying to tell us that you want to avoid spending time in a federal facility for <laughs> for crimes because you'd break on day 14. I I would, man. I don't. I mean, that actually get. Well, actually, those guys get yard time, don't they? Don't they get rec time outside? I didn't I get any of that, so it was worse than that. The bad capos don't get any yard time. I know that much. I watch movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, on a on a on a very bright note uh, here uh, on the East Coast and then the military and stuff, there's uh, we're back to a uh, HPCon Bravo status, which is means uh, you're allowed to go back out and attend uh, public settings in the beach and uh, you know wherever else that you want to go. And if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear really a mask on base anymore. Um, and out in town, I think in like two days, I think you don't have to wear one at all unless a private place says that, hey, in, in order to enter my restaurant, you have to wear one, which, okay, cool. I'll wear one in and then sit down and take it off two seconds later, whatever. That's not the point. The point is, is there's a, a very big weekend coming up 
uh, in the United States, and it's uh, Memorial Day, or for people listening in Australia, uh, the equivalent to Remembrance Day. Um, so I know that we did a previous episode on uh, Remembrance Day for Australia, and Melon put out some really cool um, history and some facts about it. <clears throat> and uh, actually, that's what our focus is this week for this episode is Memorial Day. And uh, we're going to talk about some stuff, uh, when it was formed and kind of the whole meaning of it. Because um, I think sometimes we can misconstrue it or maybe just some people don't fully know or are educated. Uh, and then also we have a couple of stories uh, of our own that we'd like to share um, that should be told. Um, stories like this and everything should definitely be shared and told and passed down to the generations to remember. And, you know, it's the whole point of Memorial Day. Uh, so if you guys don't mind, just getting into Memorial Day is uh, this upcoming Monday. Um, and uh, for us, it was actually uh, from the Civil War in 1864. Um, there were women that would go out after and uh, put flowers on graves in multiple states. Um, there's specific states, it says, but multiple states, women would go out and lay flowers uh, next to the uh, grave sites from people that served in the Civil War. And then uh, in 1868, May 30th, uh, General George Logan uh, made it an executive order, I believe. And um, basically, he formed that day uh, to basically, he paused time so that veterans and their families could go to the cemeteries and pay their respects to fallen comrades. Um, and one of the, in, in the order, it said that veterans only would not be docked pay so they could take a day off of work and go and observe, uh, observe the cemeteries and, and pay tribute to those who have fallen in the war. And I just thought that was really cool that it was specifically given to veterans first and then that they earned the pay, uh, basically a paid day off. Um, but, so it was cool. But uh, General Order Number 11 that he instilled, General uh, George Logan, said that it is customary to fly at half staff until noon and then full staff until sunset, which is honoring the, the fallen. And uh, that's just a little bit of a background. Um, so, you know, I put it in the show notes a little bit, but, you know, <laughs> Memorial Day is not about just barbecues and parties and getting a day off of work and uh, being able to dress up in red, white and blue or, you know, whatever, and just, you know, run amok or get get hammered. Um, it is a pause in time to uh, remember the men and women who have served uh, overseas in our military and have sacrificed everything that they've had. They're, they gave up their time, their bodies, their family, um, their life on this earth, their hopes, their dreams, uh, all so that we could be sitting there on a day and be free people. Um, you know, I, I put it in the show notes uh, that it's a challenge to talk about stories uh, that may be in your family, some family members that have served in past wars, um, probably not a lot of World War I around, but World War II, Korea, Vietnam, uh, the Desert Storm, uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom and all the ones that are going on now, 
or any small engagements like Grenada or anything else, Panama in between. Um, if you have a family member that served and was uh, killed in action and, and, and didn't come home, I, I encourage you this weekend to look up their information, uh, what branch, what they did, and share that with your family. Pass it on down to generation, the next generation, and hopefully they'll do the same. Keep records of it. Uh, I know my family, we just started kind of putting stuff together for who served in the military and their story, and we're trying to make a folder or a binder uh, to pass on. Um, and I just think that's very special, and partially because I kind of headed it up and made it a point that I want to remember the the people who served in my family, uh, but also friends and everybody else. Maybe it's a neighbor, you know, the, the old man that sits on his rocking chair every morning. You look over and he's having his morning coffee and, and bacon. You know, that's all he eats and drinks all day. Um, and you heard a story from him. Uh, let, maybe sit down, talk to him, ask him about ask him about some things and, and hear those stories. So anyways, you guys got anything else on that? So in, in Australia, we don't, uh, obviously this is an American, a US uh, day. We do have very similar days. Though, as you said, Remembrance Day 11-11 uh, is uh, pretty much allies wide from World War I. Uh, the same countries that fought together in World War I, World War II have that day. And in Australia, we also have Anzac Day, which is the 25th of April, and that marks the landing of Australian troops in World War I into their first combat, which was in uh, Turkey, a place called Gallipoli. And I, I, I fully endorse your sentiment here, Mike, of um, reminding people what, what these days are about. And it, it can be very easy for people to get caught up in a long weekend or a day off, and that should be part of it but there should be a basic understanding of uh, what has occurred. I know that if, uh, if I was to fall or, you know, if, if I had, had fallen, I'd love to, to know that families were having, you know, happy family times as well during that day. I wouldn't want people to be uh, miserable during the day, but I know that you definitely want to have an understanding of, what, of where these special times come from and who has, uh, made the decisions like uh, hearing about General Logan there and tail end of the Civil War and, and, and the origins of it, I mean, giving veterans a day where they could go to a, a cemetery or a memorial service for their, for their mates who have gone. There's a lot in that. I know that we recently visited a, uh, a soldier's memorial on the south coast of uh, South Australia with my uh, sister-in-law and her husband, a little soldier's memorial, a little park right on the beach, absolutely beautiful, looking down just on the edge of a little cliff and it had some plaques and some commemoration stuff there. And then and there's an area for kids to play, you know, in a grassy area and some plaques and information around. And, you know, I was watching my, my kids and their cousin run around there and I was thinking that that's what it's about. That uh, the men and women who formed would love to know that there was future generations enjoying that space in a family way with a bit of appreciation and a few words of explanation and we can build that over time but i thoroughly endorse what you've been saying there, mate. yeah no it's a beautiful thing especially you know what you're describing there is is kind of a sacred ground uh it has its own feeling when you're around it you know like um i'm trying to go to arlington national cemetery this weekend to visit some some of my friends that are buried there and, uh, you know, when you walk onto those, to those grounds, it's almost as if, if you whisper too loud, 
it's it's too much and it's just this feeling that's in the air um looking around at perfectly spaced headstones and perfect lines uh with you know a slight breeze in the air it's kind of like i don't know this uh i don't think there's a word so i'm not going to even try but there's not even a a word or something i I can describe Uh, i just walk around like i feel like i'm tiptoeing very softly uh, as I walk through there, I don't want to disturb the, the, I don't know. Again, I don't know if there's a word, but it's just very, uh, very, very powerful. And special. There's something sacred, right? In those spaces and there should be. And if you don't, if you're from a society that doesn't have, um, a sense of respect and, and, and have that sense of maybe a little bit of awe in the presence of something sacred, I think that there's a, there's a gap and your society is most likely heading towards some significant breakdown when, when those things are forgotten. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be emotional weekend for sure. Uh, you know, (laughs) for, for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I know we talked about that and everybody's got their own, their own way to deal with it. You know, um, some people celebrate and they're just like, hey, you know, they put the people's names up, they put them on a table so people can walk by and remember it. They set the table, you know, with the, with the chair up and a flag and a candle and just in remembrance and be like, Hey, we're eating with my friend for dinner this evening, you know, and he's, he's part of that family for that night. And, uh, you know, it's very special. I've seen, I've seen examples like that. Um, some other people will go pay their respects at the cemetery and leave, leave coins. Um, so I don't know if you ever heard of the, the, the coin thing, Melon. I don't know if they do that in Australia, but, um, if you ever see coins on top of, um, if you ever see coins on top of any, uh, gravestones, there's different things. There's, uh, if there's a penny, uh, with the heads, all of them are heads up, by the way, if there's a penny, you stop and paid your respects. Uh, if there's a nickel, you attended boot camp with them. If you leave a dime, you served with the armed forces with them. And if it's a quarter, you were with the soldier when they were killed. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, if you're walking by some of these headstones, maybe looking around and you see some coins that are up like that, uh, that's that's someone just stopping by and, and leaving their mark and visiting. And I I, I've seen that before and I never knew the true meaning until I, I looked it up recently. Uh, so that's pretty neat. That's very wow. cool. Yeah. I didn't even know that. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Huh. I know that there's that old tradition of um, from like Greek mythology of you need your coins to cross the river Styx. You got to pay the boat keeper to cross over into the underworld. And it's not like a, it's not like hell. It's just into the underworld. And it was, you know, the soldiers, fallen in those times are buried with either the coins in their eyes or the coins in their mouth to pay the, the boat keeper. Yeah. That's why I had no idea that that was a thing. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I've, like I said, I've seen it. I've walked by and I've seen coins left behind and different things. And I was like, Oh, that's just private meeting. You know, like you see, sometimes you see some stuff that you know, just really hits you. Like, you know, I, I, I've walked by and, seen some of my friends and teammates that are buried there and there's little, uh, there's little toy trucks up on top and, uh, you know, little, little princess dolls and little things from their kids that, uh, you know, they come there and they lay a blanket out and have a picnic and sit there and be with their, you know, their mom and their dad 
and uh, you know those little things that you see by, and you just can't you just can't help but wonder um, what those little things mean. Um, you know, little things can mean a million pounds of emotion and, and, and memories and everything else. And just the fact that I think, you know, I'm, I'm able to go and, uh, enjoy this weekend. And there is some family that's sitting there on a blanket, having a picnic with a fallen loved one. And, you know, that's just, I mean, if that doesn't humble you and make you think, um, then I don't know if you have a pulse, but, uh, yeah, just a lot of different things out there. Um, research them, look at things, take a walk through a cemetery, maybe this, this, uh, this weekend or at some point and just look at the American flags, uh, look for things on top. Um, you know, you never know what you're going to see, or maybe see a story, or read a story about someone that you never even knew that can change your life because uh, literally that's everybody that's buried at Arlington is just, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I can say. <laughs> it's helpful. I think for people to remember that, and it, it can be a challenge to do this, but all the, all the figures through history, right, all, all people, when you see them now or people, when you see their uh, gravestone, that, that was a person just as alive as you or me a full life and family and parents who love them and thinking of them as, you know, a peer your age or having that sense of their story and them as a real person, I think really is something that's beneficial because it can, it can seem a bit like a story you're being told rather than getting the full sense of who these people were as real people. I just think it's absolutely crazy that, um, you know, I, I went to, you know, I went to boot camp with some of these people and, uh, they had such a huge impact on my life that we were just, we were just good friends. We were just hanging out, having a few beers, going out to dinner, having fun a night out on the town and everything was normal and nothing was too big and everything was just, everything was great. And now I walk into that place and I see their name sketched on a stone and I have this silent conversation with them and I see other people walk by and pay their respects and especially children, I think just because of their innocence and they don't fully under, understand about what happened there or what that place is a fully about yet. Um, oh man, there's just so many questions and things come to my mind when you sit there and think about that is just being like, wow, I, I knew this person. This yesterday, you know, well, not yesterday, but, you know, a month ago, maybe, or whenever this, we were doing this and this was a real person. Now it's a name on a, on a perfectly placed stone in this, in this holy place that will be forever etched in history. And I was part of this person's life. Wow. You know, it's just, it leaves me speechless every time I always get emotional. And I, usually I can't even talk. I, I just kind of stand there in front and I have this quiet, silent conversation. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's the same every time. In that uh, Soldiers Memorial Park in South Australia and a place called Encounter Bay on the coast, they had uh, planted Norfolk Island pines, really tall, straight pine trees you often see on co in coastal areas. 
and, they, and they've all got a plaque at the base of them. And that became a bit of a tradition in a lot of the Australian towns after World War One, the Great War, and again after World War Two, that um, mothers in the districts would plant trees when their sons passed and would put a plaque out. And there's actually an area uh, in country Victoria, a couple of hours outside Melbourne, <coughs> pardon me, where the the local uh, government actually wanted them to stop because it was deemed as bad for morale, the number of trees that were getting planted. And of course, there's no stopping a grieved mother. And so there's this avenue of honour that runs in and out of that town in Ballarat with trees. And it's it's humbling how the distance and, and now as the trees die, they replant them. So the same plaque, you know, they're maintained and so on. But it's it's beautiful and poignant and uh, you know, the way that these reminders and and commemorations are done in different places around the world are, are, are all equally beautiful, you know. Yeah. Those trees those tree are prov providing shade. They're beautiful. They're there. People can stop and read them. You know, I think what you know, I I know this Memorial Day on Monday is an American holiday, but when you when you look at any country that celebrates its its fallen and honors and respects them, that's that's not a country that's not a country thing. That's a humanity thing. That that that's honoring love and sacrifice for people. You know, people that stood up and gave everything they had for other people. That's that that's the greatest thing you can do as a human being on this earth is sacrifice and give your life so that others could, you know, be live in whatever, be prosperous, live in freedom, survive, have, have something by giving everything you have for other people. That's, that's just being a good, a good human being. And that should be honored all across the world. You know, I think that's why it's so well regarded as it. Yes. It's very American this weekend and everything, but you know, just like in Australia or anybody else, like we've served under NATO and Afghanistan, Iraq, and you know, you hear about somebody doing a heroic thing and giving their life to save other people. Um, I don't care what country you're from. You know, if I hear about that, and I'm able, I, I want to be there for that memorial and pay my respects to a great human being that just so happens to be from a certain country, you know? Yeah. Universal. Yeah, it's an ideal. There's a principle that these people were in service of. Yeah. Democracy and freedom, you know, family values, whatnot. Absolutely. So uh, that's, what, that's why I think these weekends are so special is um, like you said, it kind of transcends nationalities and borders. So you they said it's a human principle, but I feel like it's also why it's just as important to like, I love that there's an entire, you know, long weekend associated with it, but I kind of almost wish that people carried this every day with themselves because um, you know, I think of most of my, friends that I've served with that have passed, uh, whether in warfare or just while we were serving. And I think about them, you know, daily, if not weekly. Um, I don't necessarily like, that's why to me, it's not that it's not that this Memorial Day weekend isn't special. It's just that that's how I usually spend most of my year. Like, I don't, I don't just reserve the weekend for, oh, I got to think about John and Ryan and Uncle Dan and, you know, Earl Scott. I mean, I literally think about these dudes all the time. And I do it because I think that it helps me just be a better person. It just helps me, you know, um, I don't know, just appreciate the simple things that are in front of me. You know, I don't, like you said, I don't take things for granted. 
And that's the only thing I would take away with. Like, I, I love everything about Memorial Day weekend, but it's not that it's not as special to me. It's just that, you know, since I've put on the uniform um, and I've retired from it, I think especially now that I've retired from it, it's just, it's a little bit, I try to expand that weekend into like most of the year, if that makes any sense, because I think it is that special. Yeah. You know, around Memorial Day, you see a lot more stuff that pops out, but throughout the year, you know, I, I've walked by houses where I'm just out running or anything else, or I'm on vacation or visiting back home. And you walk by a house and you see one gold star, maybe two, maybe three gold stars that are hanging in the window of a house. And for people that don't know that, um, there's a little uh, red, white, and blue flag that that's hung in windows or shops or stores or like whatever. And if you see blue stars, uh, each blue star stands for somebody in their family that's serving in the military, that's actively serving. If you see a gold star, it means they've been, uh, they were, they were killed in action overseas. They've died in, in the, in a line of duty. Um, you see that all year. And, and like Raf said, Memorial day for a lot of us is every day. There's certain events that we do, um, maybe a hobby, you know, like, it could be playing football or something like that or, or rugby together. And it's like, yeah, me and my, me and my buddy that served together, we used to play this all the time. So every time I touch a football, um, I think about, I think about him uh, or Christmas comes around and it's like, you know, he used to call me every Christmas and we talk, you know, that's Memorial day. You know, it's, it's, it's a marked day on the calendar, but it should, you know, for, like I said, a lot of us, every day is Memorial day. There's always something that reminds us, yeah, I miss him or I miss her, you know? So, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you, Raf. Um, I think, I think it's good as well for people who don't have that, uh, direct connection with, uh, military people or they don't have a direct connection with people fallen because there's, you know, I, I don't know that many Australian families that have someone in the military, you know, as a fraction of the population, it's pretty small. And we can have a very direct and uh, visceral, like we can feel the feelings ourselves of people we know. And when you're not in that sad but privileged position of knowing some, knowing people who are gone, it is good that that the organ, the community organizes themselves and that there are official things like this so that people can learn about it. People perhaps from different cultures or recently arrived to a country are able to participate and learn about why these values are important and why this society is different is because of these, uh, you know, the people who are commemorated during events like this. Like there's a reason why there's a net um, influx of people moving into the liberal Western democracies, right? Like they are the best places in the world to live. And those values are not, are not easy ones to, to rise up naturally. You know, people have got to, things on the line to ensure that those freedoms and values are preserved it's difficult yeah uh you know uh, there's some things i can't even fathom because you know i like i said i will see one gold star and that's that's heavy okay um realize that there are people out there in our history or even walking around now where they've lost all of their sons 
or all of their daughters or both, you know, sons and daughters together. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the movie Saving Private Ryan at the beginning, but that movie was kind of based off a real event in World War II where this, uh, they were called the, Sol- the Five Solomon Brothers. Uh, they all served in the Navy and they were all put on the same ship together since they're all brothers. Well, the ship got sunk and all five brothers were, uh, were killed at sea. And their mother received the notification of all five on the same day. I don't know if you can pause and take a minute to realize as a mother, all five of your sons went off to war and they were all killed and you were notified in the same day that they weren't coming home. I I could not even, even fathom. Um, I can't even fathom one, let alone five, all of your sons, your family bloodline at that point is over. And they gave all of that for this country you know, for something bigger than themselves. Um, there, there's multiple cases you look throughout of it. Uh, the, the letter that the guy that plays general George C. Marshall that he reads is, uh, to a Mrs. Bixby in Boston and, uh, reads about her five sons, uh, who, uh, who were killed during the uh, civil war. And, uh, you know, it's from Abraham Lincoln and just from the president, uh, letter to, to her directly about, you, you know, giving your five sons for the altar of freedom is something that can never be repaid, um, but everybody will prosper from. That's that's extremely powerful to me. Um, anyway, I think about that a lot, actually, quietly. I think about what people have given and I walk around and, <laughs> you know, I won't get into that, but <laughs> I, people need to respect that a lot more, I think. I like your comment, Mike, that you you think of the one buddy every time you pick up a football or, you know, that you can you can keep these memories alive and honour them as they really were, you know, like the real people that they really were and remembering their their loves and their passions and their their fun times, you know, their happy times with family, that, that those are also really an important part of it. And, like, I think that that, that mixed... Um, sadness and poignancy and celebration that happens at, at certain certain cultures in, at funerals. Often, um, I know the Irish Catholics around the world all tend to drink their bit at funerals. And you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of laughter and sadness sort of mixed together into a very strange emotion mixed. I know that that's, that's how I feel and think about stuff on Australian Anzac Day. It's, it's, it's somehow there's an element of celebration that's tinged with sadness but there's a lot of gratitude and uh you know there's happiness too like it's it's good to remember and it's but it's it's also good to to think if these guys were here that they'd want to have a beer with me right now or you know they'd want to throw that football around or they'd want to see these kids playing in the park you know you remember yeah as they are you know as they were go ahead i was gonna say that's why i don't really you know, because I've heard people share the sentiment that, you know, they like to remind everyone that Memorial Day weekend is not about barbecues and drinking. But I, I think to myself, dude, bypass. I want all you guys to get stupid drunk and float down a river and have a good time. Like, I really do. I don't want you to mourn my passing. Like, I just don't, you know. Uh, I it, It's kind of like one of the, I think I read a meme one time, but I've always felt this way too, was, you know, 
if you really want to thank a soldier or service member or anyone who, who puts their life on the line, like police officers, firefighters, nurses, are always in the front line, then don't be a dirtbag. Don't be, you know what I mean? Don't be a shithead. Be a good person. Yeah. Like, don't, that's why, like, I, I enjoy this weekend, but I wish most of us, me, myself included, I'm not lecturing. I'm never one to get up on a soapbox and lecture, but I think it's important to, to take these, these moments daily and just be, try to be a better person. You know, don't save it for the weekend to be like, let's all remember the fallen. Man, if you just take a little bit every day, I think that will help you steer, steer you in your moral compass and maybe not have a shouting match with someone who doesn't agree with you politically, you know, or someone who like this coronavirus thing, obviously it's very divisive in our country right now. People are pro mask and there's people against masks and, uh, you know, have your opinion on things, but be civil. There's no need for vitriol. There's no need for, you know, uh, kind of bringing up hatred over something so superficial as a mask, right? Like it's just, at the end of the day, we're all countrymen. And I think thinking about the people that have gone before us, whether it's law enforcement or military, whoever, they've laid down their lives. I think that should be enough reason for everybody to pause and be like, yeah, man, we, we can do better. We can be better. We need to, it's not, not that we can, we need to be better. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And putting the differences aside and, you know, and this whole thing too, to keep going with what you're saying is this whole thing is think of a time when you did something for someone wholeheartedly, you know, it's just like, it, it could be the simplest thing is just like, you know, yeah, hey, this is, this is the last sandwich and here I'm going to give it to you and I don't even know you, right? It's just a, a kindness thing. It's just like, I don't even know who you are, but I want to do this for you out of the, you know, because it's the right thing to do. It's just a, a good human thing to do. And you looked at this person and, you know, like, wow, that's a good person. And then the, sa- you know, say it's a sandwich and they gave it to this person. And they're like, I don't even want it. Like, I don't even care. Like either they had something going on or they just didn't like the person. But imagine if it was the same way of being like, I will, I, I want to give it, and sacrifice my life for someone I don't even know so that they can have a better life. That, that alone is what we respect. That alone is what we're doing. Like whether, like Raf said, the, the conflicts, the wars, whether you're agreed with them or not, that, that is not up to the soldier. That is not up to the person that raised his right hand and said, yes, I will go forward. That that's made it a whole nother government level of where we're going, what we're doing. We're told to go where we're going the fact that they were willing just to go and willing to sacrifice everything in a self as a human being for the love of other people that they don't even know. That's what you honor. That's what is special about this whole thing. It's just that there's people that existed that gave that up and ultimately their ticket was punched and they paid they paid for what we live for it, it, with everything. Like that is that is something that can never be repaid in money or anything else. It is paid in full. So I, I think, you know, realizing what we're talking about here and what we're really respecting is that act and nothing else. I think that also some of the, um, some of the actual concrete benefits that have arisen in our society and, and globally can be missed in all of the negative media reports, which is just a statistic. It's not nothing political, bad news sells. And so 
if there's a negative way to spin a headline, that's that's how it will be marketed and that's what we will naturally click on. That's just human nature. So we have a lot of negative news and if a car crash happens, that gets reported. The good news, which is slow and steady and uh, incremental, is not necessarily getting our attention, but it has happened. And that the sacrifices of these people who've, who've fallen in service of Western liberal democracy and values that we've been talking about, they have actually transformed the world. And there's some people out there, there's a guy, uh, Stephen Pinker, and another one, Dr. Marion Tupu, who have some really good stats on how the world has changed. And we're talking major, major, major changes, like infant mortality rates in Africa, now being what they were in the US in the 50s and 60s. The number of uh, people being lifted out of abject poverty every single day. It's just, they're phenomenal statistics all in the right direction. And you can have a feeling that everything's getting worse and that there's this negative trajectory that we're on and it's inevitable. And therefore, why would you ever do anything for anyone else? And why would you just sacrifice? And all these people going off and uh, being commemorated fell and it was, there's no change, but that is, that is patently untrue. We live a way now that is unbelievably uh, far removed from how our grandparents and great grandparents lived. And even the poorest of the poor around the world now are being lifted out of those positions of abject poverty too. So a sense of cynicism that can arise in people if you just go and educate yourselves, you can see what is actually being achieved by the sacrifices that these people have been making and are making and are going to continue to make. And as uh, Raf said there, hashtag don't be a dirtbag, hashtag don't be a shithead. <laughs> you know, if we all just extend the hand of brotherhood and friendship and uh, if we all just did 10 or 15% of what we could do for our friends and neighbours, you know, I think we're going to continue to make this progress. I don't think it needs, you know, all effort from everyone at all times. But if we just keep that in, in, in the back of your mind, as Rafa was saying, like, don't be, a, don't be a dirtbag. Just try and be a good person. Small steps. Because it is actually making a difference. And these sacrifices have not been in vain. And the world is, it's, it's not inevitable by any, by any stretch. But there is progress that has been made that can be measured and, and, You've only got to open your eyes and look at some of the UN reports to see what has actually changed. Yeah, it's it's funny, Melon. Just thinking, kind of piggybacking off what you just said. I, I think about that often. It's kind of one of those things where if every like if everybody around the world just did one small act of kindness, right? Like whether it's somebody cuts me off, I don't scream ex expletives at them, and I actually I'll just wave them over and smile, and I'm you know just make an excuse for them, like hey, I'm sure they had a bad day. Think about that. If everybody across the world just did that, how much further we would advance as, as a humanity, right? Like if everybody just, and again, it doesn't have to be these massive sacrifices like you're giving up your life, you're fighting ISIS or whatever. I mean, just little things. You just treat, you open the door for somebody, you treat them with respect, you know, you meet someone who doesn't agree with you politically, you just sit there and accept your differences and buy them a sandwich anyways, right? Like, hey, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you're still a countryman. And I just think that if we, I just think all the time, man, if we all just did small acts like that, we would, we would just run that ball on the other side of the pitch, so to speak, right? Collectively. And uh, I, I, I think we still have hope for that. I really do. I think it's not over. I think 
like you said, I think you're right. I think a lot of times you get inundated with negative news that you start to believe that that's the world you live in. Like literally you think, oh my God, the world is just a dumpster fire. And I'm sure in parts of the, of the world they are, but I think by, by and large, I think people are striving to, to be better. I'd like to think that. Because you know, like in the modern in the modern era, if there's any conflict anywhere in the world, we all know about it. Whereas that's never been the case. And so people in England didn't know that there was warfare in India and China and Africa and Central Europe and so on 200 years ago. And so you might have this sense that things were much better back then, but they actually were not. The stats are really clear and telling. And when you when you look it up, you can see you can see that there's a trajectory. So people are actually doing these things. And I think that that should be in the back of our mind when we're considering the fallen and we're thinking about the ultimate sacrifice and we're thinking about veterans and your civil war in World War One, World War Two, and the conflict since. And and have it in your mind that there's a lot to be grateful for. Like your life is actually better than your great grandparents' lives. The standard of living you enjoy is better. It really is. Like it's there's no there's no arguing that point. And having that sense of gratitude when you're thinking about these things can just shift it a little bit, I think, in terms of appreciating what was given and what has been created. And then maybe move out in the world with, you know, your, your hashtag don't be a douchebag bumper sticker and be nice to someone. And I, I think we've all got it within our uh, our remit in it, inside our grace to make a difference to someone. Yeah. Well, you're talking, you know, we're, we're getting into the part about like showing honor and respect and doing these things and kind of kind of getting back to Memorial Day and like what it means. There's three other days that, you know, just to put out for everybody. So you're not you're not coming up to, you know, guys like me, Melon and Raf, and you're saying, hey, thank you for your service on Monday. Like that's still probably a nice thing to say. Don't get me wrong, but that's not the meaning of Memorial Day. So Memorial Day is strictly for. Uh, people who have lost their life in the line of duty. It is for the fallen, for those who have passed on uh, only. Okay. Um, Armed Services Day or Armed Forces Day, sorry. Uh, that's for all active duty. So that's when, you know, if your thing is going out and buying, you know, paying for the lunch of some some soldiers at the local restaurant or just shaking their hand um, or, or sitting down and talking to them for, for, for five minutes and listening to their story, who they are, where they're from, what they what they do. Um, and just saying thank you. Uh, and then Veterans Day are for people who are like Mellon and Raf. They're, they're veterans. They, they've retired out of the military for one reason or another, and they're, they're no longer actively serving, but they have served and are still alive. Um, so just to kind of differentiate those three days, the meaning of each and kind of how to approach people on those days and what they're for, um, I think is good knowledge for everybody. Um, I also wanted to take the time to share a story uh, kind of about Memorial Day uh, coming up. And um, the name is actually in uh, Washington, D.C. on the Vietnam Memorial. But uh, I've referenced my great uncle Bobby before about his time as a POW. Well, his sister, my great aunt, uh, Mary Ellen, uh, I found out was uh, married before um, during Vietnam when she was young. Um, she had a Marine Corps husband. His name was Raymond Patrick Link. And uh, she was very young and so was he. I believe he was 21. And uh, before he deployed to Vietnam, he was, a, um, he was a Marine and he worked on the Cobras when they first came out. Uh, so Cobra helicopters. And uh, he was there for a year. 
And uh, about a little over halfway through, they were supposed to take some R&R, have their honeymoon in Hawaii. Um, so she was up and uh, head to the airport, was getting on the plane, was going to meet him there in Hawaii for their honeymoon. And uh, while she was waiting at the airport, a chaplain and Marine Corps officer approached her and said, ma'am, we regret to tell you that Raymond will not be on the flight and you will not be going to Hawaii. He was just killed uh, hours before he boarded his plane from Vietnam to come home or to go to Hawaii to meet you. Uh, he was killed by a uh, rocket attack. And uh, she was, I mean, I, I want to say she was like 19 or 20 years old, very, very young. And to have to experience something like that in that fashion of getting ready and excited to go on your honeymoon and then get be informed that. Um, I never knew what it was, but the, my entire life that I've known my great Mary Ellen, there's always been something different about her. And now that I know the story, she she's remarried to a, a wonderful guy named Bill and he he jokes with her all the time <laughs> about stuff and it's so funny, but you could always see that there's a piece of her heart that will never be returned to her. And she has to live with that the rest of her life. And I understand now. And his name is on the Vietnam War Memorial and uh, I'm gonna see it this weekend and you can record it with a piece of paper or with the, with the piece of coal or slate and you can rub and maintain the name. And I'm going to keep it here at the house because it's now part of this family and, and what was given for this country. And I take that so personal, especially when it's been part of my own blood. Um, so yeah, anyway, I just wanted to share that story and uh, you know, <laughs> I got a great uncle Bobby and his story and then my great Mar Mary Ellen and, all these stories are coming out because people talk about them around this time of year. People share them with the younger generation to pass on. And I think that's so important for everybody to do. So thanks for letting me share that. Thanks for sharing that with us, Mark. That's um, very intimate and uh, a very moving family story to share. And I think you're doing exactly the right thing in gathering up these family stories and preserving them. You know, it can be that we don't know, you know, you've got the, the seeds of stories that are, exceed movies that we all pay to go and see and people in our own family, young ones might not know, but that's, that's your family story, you know, like, and I'm sure there are stories like that inside every family and it's a wonderful thing to capture them. Very yeah, poignant. I, I yeah, I love that idea, right? To create a folder of stories and memorabilia. Actually, I really, really, I think I might actually start doing that because there's just too many names. And I just, you know, the older I get, I mean, it's not like I'm smart anyways, but the older I get, I just, I don't want to forget those little details, right? Because those small little details, what really makes the, the stories. Yeah. So maybe that's a good place for, uh, for us to leave it for people to think about. Uh, Memorial Day, service, sacrifice of progress that's, that's been made, that uh, remembering them as they really were can include elements of sadness, but they can also include moments of joy and happiness. It could be that throwing a football around is your way of really remembering those, uh, those people 
and perhaps there's a nice little uh, a lead there that's been given by Mike about perhaps starting to put together a scrapbook or a folder or some kind for your family stories to pass them down. I mean, how, how great it would be to be the young child growing up there, having that richness of family story, knowing that that's, that's who we are. That's, that's my tribe. So from all of us to all of you guys, got anything else you wanted to leave the listeners with? Uh, I just really, you know, again, get out and talk, tell stories, say their names, all, all of it. Um, share, find strangers, talk to them, invite them in, tell them your family's story, tell them your, you know, whoever has fallen, tell their story, tell them where they were, what they did, their branch, their love of life, their hopes, their dreams, uh, all of it, because that's the way they live on is uh, when you keep saying their name, um, you know, I, I will be sharing plenty uh, this weekend with everybody that's around me. I will tell stories uh, about Chuck and Nick um, and, and I, <laughs> too, too many others, unfortunately, but uh, I am blessed and proud to be able to uh, share those stories and some of the intimate moments of sitting around a fire and having a few beers and those guys telling me what they want to do when they're old men and sitting with their grandchildren on their knee and talking about the old GWAT and what they did in it. And, uh, you know, they won't, they won't be joining me for that. And, uh, but I still get to share their, their views and their, their dreams um, that lives within me. And I want other people to know that because it's absolutely just beautiful. Some of the things that they've shared. So um, that's all, that's all I wanted to say is get out and do that. Well, I really appreciate you taking the lead and, uh, organizing the topic today as well, Mike. And uh, for you there, Raph, I know you're not stateside. You're uh, in, a, in an area of conflict and, and we send our prayers and thoughts to you and hope you stay safe and you keep the keep the nose up in the turns and uh, happy tailwinds, mate. So Yeah, I appreciate that, brother. I'll be good, man. I'm holding it down. Love you, Raph. Yeah, Love you too, you. brother. Yeah, take care this weekend, guys. You know, think of think of people as they really were. Remember them, say their names, and uh, keep those stories alive. All the best.